This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. Hello. Can you guys hear us? I see you. Hello. Oh my gosh. I love that you've replaced Fusion with an orchestra. I love it. I was like, okay, so. Yeah. Hildebrand or Tatru or Arxadara. Uh, elephants, I think. Yeah. yeah. You would have liked Hildebrand too much. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. We yeah. can't have that. <laughs> no. Can't have him being excited about what we replaced no. him with. No. <laughs> All right. If you're not here. We're going to haze you a little. It's fine. I was a dammy last time, so. Yeah, it's true. Got to get some payback. <laughs> anyway, hi, everybody. Welcome to Aetherite Radio. This is Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast. I am Zanidra. And here I have with me my lovely friends, Aldino and Rook. And today we're going to be talking about the patch 6.15 stuff. Everything that happened. It wasn't a whole lot of stuff, but all the little all the little things were jam-packed full of just wondrous little scenes and, and lore tidbits and stuff. So can't wait to get into that. I don't think that there's any news. Make It Rain is happening right now. Yeah. That's about mm-hmm. it. Uh, there was a yeah. tweet. I think that was caught last night or the night before uh, by Yoshi P. Uh, it was mm. sort of kind of almost translated when I saw it. And it says there's more housing coming. But mm. that is that is about all. I can't I can't promise you anything because, like, it was in Google Translate translated. So that's not a real <laughs> translation. Oh, gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like telephone version. Yeah. It's like Yoshi P said something about housing. Maybe the word more. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we've got. So pretty much. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Don't get your hopes up, but, but put it in your heart and, and know that he's thinking about it. Something like that. <laughs> All right. Having so, yeah. seen, I was just going to say, having yeah. seen the tweets this week, um, I mean, obviously with the new lottery system, and this is something we don't have to get too, too into, but mm-hmm. there has been a lot of talk in the community this week about it because there have been a million pictures of, you know, the uh, the division now between FC-specific plots and, uh, like, single-player housing demand. And people are, you know, trying to get a spot, and they're competing against 500-plus people, and it's, like, so, so, so difficult. I mean, it's unfortunately just the nature of this kind of system with this limited demand. I'm still holding out that maybe Island Sanctuary, they could figure out a way to rig that at some point to do some kind of instanced house on it, although we have no confirmation for that. But it is a hot topic, and there are a lot of people right now that I think are chatting a lot about even how with this additional new system, with the, like, raffling, although it is fairer, it still is not fully addressing the fact that there is just not enough supply for the demand. Uh the other thing I wanted to mention is it's really varies insanely by server because on some mm-hmm. servers there are still open up smalls with nobody bidding on them. So they, uh, I feel like part of the thing that they could do to address that is to give more awards to servers that need it. I guess it's just one of those things for me at this point where I honestly think those plots even sit open because... I think people are just kind of over the housing issue. (laughs) Like, I know I really wanted to go for a large, but honestly, at this point, I am so sick and tired of the process that I have not even really tried to engage with it. Like, I've got my medium, uh, I've got my medium for my FC, I got a small for myself, but like, yeah, I'd love to upgrade. I'd love to have a plot. I'd love to decorate. But I think many people do want a medium or a large. They are so hard to get. 
Um, and with like the housing item limitations, it's so difficult. So like, even on those servers where we still have them sitting open, I really think it's because people just like feel so disheartened about engaging with it. May not even have like, you know, tried to go into look or, you know, they really want something different than those little ones. It's just, I don't know. It's just such a weird, not ideal situation. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're looking for the, the large, the medium, and you're like, do I even fall back on a small? And what if I don't get that? Like, how yes. much worse Just am I going to feel? Just do it. Right? The way it, they've changed it now so that uh, when you go to buy another house, you get mm -hmm. a portion of back if you had a house previously. It makes it not so bad to be like, eh, well, at yeah. least I have this small and I can try and upgrade later. Get something. Get something for yourself. Well, if they don't get that small, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Like, so they, they put it in for it and then they don't even get that. Like, ugh. I, I get how that could feel bad. Yeah. So okay, people might not money, be trying. Get your money back and then Scrooge McDuckett and that'll make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's hop right into it. Uh, let's start with the Omega Quest, which were surprisingly lovely. I really didn't know what to expect from this, but just... Mm. By the end, I was like, oh, my God, they just brought all my feelings from Ann Walker back through this little storyline and punched me right in the tear face again and again. Why do they do this to us? Why? Oh, oh no. Why this personal direct attack on my emotions? Mm. I don't. <laughs> it's we. I literally just did it before the podcast today. And um, I. I was like, I did all these. I did this emotion. I already mm -hmm. had this emotion. And then we're going through it again. And, you know, you revisit those different key locations. You follow up with some of the people. And there were the emotions again. <laughs> I was a mess. I was tearing up. I mean, it's a beautiful capstone on what was an incredibly emotion-driven expansion. And I think some of the messages about... Um, oh, I was so touched by the man whose son gets oh, squished. really quick. Mm. This will have spoilers. This is a spoiler oh, yeah. cast. We will be yeah. talking about things <laughs> that you possibly don't want to hear about. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Good catch. Uh, so the man whose son got squished in Endwalker <laughs> talks about what it's like recovering from grief and mm. how, you know, he has continued to find new life in the wake of the unspeakable and in the wake of this terrible thing that he witnessed and happened to him and this loss in his life and that their whole country lost the, as far as the uh, Sautrop went. Like, and I thought that was such a beautiful message. I mean, all of the different portions really touched on something and followed up this idea that like, it gets better, life continues on, or we find ways even if it's not always easy. And to have that extra little bit at the end was really heartening and emotional all over again. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't, I didn't remember who that guy was when they're like, "Go mm. talk to so and so." I forgotten his name, and once I got there, I was like, "He looks like the yep, he's the oh no, oh no." How does this you guy know what you're in even? For. How does this guy even have any of his shit together? Like it is <sighs> totally understandable that he's just sitting there, like taking a break, going, "Okay, calm yourself. Remember that living is okay, and you're allowed." Keep going. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, I'd, I'd be devastated still. Oof. This guy. He, the, the fact that he's so positive is very nice, I think. Ugh. I mean, that's that's really what they're they're showing with Inwalker. It's just that same theme of how do you keep going, right? Mm -hmm. Keep walking, right? How do you do it? And like you said, they just keep bringing those emotions back and punching you right in the face with it. Uh, I actually... To take it in a, a less uh, heart-squishing mm -hmm. direction, I like the uh -huh. way that they started this, where they're like, let's talk to Omega. Because, you know, he could be Omega, and he's like, 
I guess Omega is a he. He's like, oh, yes, I had to confirm that you knew it was me before I could go ahead and talk to you about things. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Everybody knew it was you. You thought you were a secret. You silly. No. Oh, my like, gosh. I know. I The characterization of Omega and Alpha is just the cutest, funniest. Right. I love it so much. Um. Oh, my gosh. That bit with the stairs and, yes! you know, like, I love danger. you walking around. When you're walking around with them uh, and you, like, stop at the points to talk to them, Omega gives you this, like, speechy, speechy, speech. And you're like, okay, let's talk to Alpha. What could he possibly say? Exactly what you think he's going to say. Yep. Quay, 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 yes. quay, quay. But it's cute that I they think... still put it in there. Yeah. I think somebody in my chat said that Alpha has, I don't know if this is 100% accurate, I haven't checked it myself, but over 300 lines of unique dialogue in this quest. And they are <laughs> all just quay, 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 Okay. <laughs> it's like, this is incredible. We this can speak incredible. every other language because of the echo, but not Chocobo? Good Come on now. Chocobo. Yeah. We can even um, talk, well, Amaros can talk to us, that's right. Yeah. Yes, you know, that we should be able to. We were joking about there should be like, um, some new limited job that's Chocobo Whisperer that comes out, and then you could go back and replay those quests and understand everything Alpha said. But it's just so, it's so heartening. It's so cute. The Hamsa thing, all the little funny moments. Um, there's so many good ways that they wrote and so many nuances in this quest that really do, I think, bring to life. Yeah, those themes and those more difficult things with all of the zones. Some of the lingering questions we've even, even seen debated in the community, right? Like, were the ancients that instigated a lot of this right or wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what did we think about, you know, the actions of all the Garleans and the sisters and what it means to try and reconcile or refuse help? Uh, all those different things, I think it was it was just a clever way to reframe it and let us revisit and mm. sit in a different way on those, while also giving us a lot of lore stuff. There's tons of lore stuff in this. All sorts of things about the, the dragons, the Omicrons, like the hierarchies yeah. of, like, it was so, so cool. Um, and we got extra stuff in other, like, even other areas that I wasn't expecting. Uh, going back to the stairs really quick. When I when he said that, I was like, am I actually not supposed to go up the stairs? Like, there's only one other way to go up there. They do follow us through Aetherites now. And I sat there and had that thought before. I was like, they wouldn't say that and just walk up the stairs. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Did he go? Yeah, he goes up the stairs. Yeah. I, I turned I thought, around. I went I went back to the you? main Aetherite and then Aetherite it over. <laughs> That's really nice. If, it would be actually kind of cute if, uh, if you did that. They gave you like an extra cutscene where he's like, thanks, man. That'd be really adorable. Good. Yeah, but all the little things like that are really cute. Um, when you when you take him to Garlemald's, he has issues because his little circuits and stuff start to freeze up. That's yep. so cute. Uh, it's it's funny to think back on you know big bad Omega who almost kicked our asses and then he's stuck in this itty bitty frame now that's literally just a toy. Actually, when when he's uh he's like yeah let's go and visit these places. You can just pick me and Alpha up because we're basically toys. We'll go with you automatically. Like we don't. That's how they get around all the teleporting. So we are just items. So yeah, he knows he knows what he yeah. is. So. You know he has phenomenal cosmic power, but an itty bitty <laughs> living space. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's another kind of subversion right yeah. the idea that oh this greatest threat we ever faced the you know threat to end all threats was just a robot who didn't know how to love mm -hmm. and i'm a sucker for those things but i think it does fit into the greater themes of 
this expansion i mean in so many ways right how do we acknowledge deal with or grapple with our own emotions what does it mean to be creatures that are driven by both emotion as well as logic reason and everything else you know the great spock storyline mm-hmm. um you know how do we deal with those things but also i mean even in the parallel with omicrons right they bear such a striking resemblance to the garleans in you know garlemald being this nation that faced a threat and faced persecution and faced, you know, um, their own weaknesses in some way, and then became this machine, this regimented society that went out and conquered others. And in the same way, the Omicrons had very similar origins in that they faced certain threats that physically they thought they would not be able to withstand. And I believe they've been conquered by a few other peoples, if I'm remembering correctly, or that that threat At least had attacked. happened. Yeah. yeah, they've been attacked. Um, And so they decided to turn themselves into these beings that could never be harmed again. So it's almost like watching the reverse engineering, right? You know, they did away Mm -hmm. with emotions. They went for the most logical and now Omega, who as far as we know, may very well be the last because there was some confirmation about even Ultima Thule and the fact mm-hmm. that it is apparently just a dynamous echo yeah. um, and that it is there is not anything else going on with that and that Omega's home planet was canonically destroyed. So, and that like the only reason that they interact and change is if you are interacting with those beings with emotion, they respond to that. Those were little tidbits of lore I wasn't expecting that I really loved from this. Um, so, I mean, Omega might be the last and is now in a mortal frame and has to almost retroactively go back through what it means to be a living being mm. um, and to be vulnerable, right? In a way, as opposed to a machine or something that has such strong defenses and offenses. Right. It To me, Omega's story is just the story of Aetherius as well. Like, okay, so they hit, the Omicrons hit the Great Filter, the, the Meteon kind of, they were out there destroying everyone, trying to find their own answers, right? Omega's the last survivor and finally found that answer. So it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's just such a great parallel. Did not think we were going to get that. You know what I mean? Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. I was I was a little bit torn on the, the parts in Garlemald. Because mm. uh, I, especially the reaction from the first guy you talked to, hated it. Sure. But it made sense. Oh, yeah. It made sense that they were still, like, they didn't suddenly go, oh, well, you know, those guys saved the world, so they must be good. I decided that they're good now, and I'm just going to do whatever they want. No, they're just surviving now. They're angry that they're having to rely on the free companies or the grand companies to survive. And while I'm like, uh, you know, that's that's super rude and you're very ungrateful, I enjoy that it, they realistically still harbor those uh, mm-hmm. impressions that they initially had, so... It's going to take a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I mean, if ever. Yeah, if ever. Like, you have to think about the generations of, like, cultural and social conditioning. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I agree. It's so frustrating, Zen. It's like, please, oh, my gosh. What have they done? Given you food? Helped clean up all the dangers? You brought in supplies? <laughs> it's like, please, oh, please, just, you know, stop being like this. <laughs> like, you can, you know, behave however you want, but stop being like this. But at the same time, like you said, I think it gives a great consistency. And um, I've even heard people talk about and discuss the fact that they like that there aren't necessarily, and I feel the same way, that there aren't necessarily clean-cut, happy endings, Mm -hmm. everyone loves each other kind of moments. Because there are these real difficult things that we have to grapple with. And the game has 
I think done the right thing in this situation in which, you know, originally they said, hey, we had a bunch of baddies and they're an imperialist nation and they want to conquer everybody and like force everybody into their servitude. But then rather than just being like, but then everything was fine, uh -huh. they decided to actually examine that. And what that means, and particularly with Japan's own history with that, like, I think that was such a better move, like such a better move. And it gives some real meat to these zones that aren't, it's not always like, super you're not like super hyped about the way they're behaving and it's frustrating but you can see the first steps being taken you can mm -hmm. see like well we need to do this to survive but also maybe we could come around maybe we can foster positive bonds instead of you know this antagonism that we've felt for so long for generations for generations in our society so mm -hmm. it, it throws back a bit to uh that cutscene where you see Literally every NPC you've ever met from the grand companies mm -hmm. show up and uh, they're like, yeah, we've all decided to go help Garlemald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they make sure they put in there. We're only a couple people because majority of people were like, hell no, screw Garlemald. <laughs> they can die. So, yeah. Even though we are helping them out, our our side of things, not innocent either. Still very hateful. Yeah, um, it's kind of, it's just realistic, you know, <laughs> like yes. there's such bad blood. Um. I wanted to ask you guys about the the cutscene with the guy where you go and visit the sisters' graves. Mm. It it was weird to me. It was a weird transition where uh, Omega was like, "I need to visit graves to figure out how Garleans feel" or whatever it was, and I'm like, "This doesn't make any sense." We're talking about, and then when we get there, there's somebody there to actually talk to, so it makes more sense. But the vehicle to get there was weird to me. Yeah. It feels think... bizarrely arbitrary. Sorry, go yeah. ahead, Aldino. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, it, it felt arbitrary, and you kind of felt that you knew what was going to happen, right? It's like, I don't know, it's so signposted that, okay, here we go. We're going to go back to what we just saw, or we're going to get hit by one of those stories that we already experienced, you know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It... I liked it. Uh, I didn't, I'm just... Full disclosure, I did not play through it in time. I just watched it. I often do that because of work. But I'm going to go through and do it as well. Because I just, I don't know, Omega and Alpha are just, and the Omicrons. Just all that that entire story is something that I never expected we would get out of Omega. Like, the raid, it's mm. over. Like, what do we care? But it's great that they keep bringing them back. It's great that we have an Omicron near us to kind of work through those emotions that we saw in Ultima Thule. I don't know, it, it's great, but yeah, it's a little on the nose at the beginning. I think you brought up such a good point though, because I don't think I ever assumed when we got the Omega raids that they would ever do anything else with it. I was like, oh, they just use it as a gimmick to do some throwbacks to other Final Fantasies. So there's like an alien, he from space and he's gonna make mm -hmm. law bosses and we fight him. And I just assumed that would be that, but 14 constantly proves that they are willing to take anything that they put in this game and use it to expand the universe. Now, do I think New Raid's going to get that someday? No, hopefully nope. not. Uh, <laughs> we'll no. say no. Nope, nope. But in this particular case, I think it worked as such a strength, especially given the kind of science fiction additions that we've gotten in and the expanding of the universe and spaceships and all kinds of stuff in Endwalker to elaborate on this quest to give the Omicrons a space within world lore that is not mm -hmm. just some little footnote like, yeah, well, they fought the dragons a long time ago. I actually thought this was so brilliant. Um, and one of the things I think specifically I wanted to jump back just a second, um, because then I liked what you said about that particular quest beat. 
I thought they were going to do something really different with that. When he says, I want to learn about burial rituals, the first thing that popped into, or when they say, I, I don't know, I, I go between he and they mm -hmm. with, yeah. with Omega. I, maybe both. Maybe they use yeah. both pronouns. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, I, okay, so there's this movie. I don't know if either of you have seen it. There's this movie that's a Japanese film called Departures. I don't think so. Have you ever seen this movie? Mm -hmm. It is genuinely one of the best films I've ever watched in my life. It will wreck you. Okay. So I'm just telling you okay. right up, if you watch this movie, be prepared to be wrecked in a way not unlike Endwalker. <laughs> but it's a stunning film. It is genuinely one of the piece, best pieces of cinematography I've ever seen. And it's the story of a man who was formerly um, a, a player in an orchestra. I believe he played cello who due to various life events ends up having to move to this more remote village and take up the duties of like a like a, a mortician almost, which is a highly stigmatized role in Japanese society. Those that deal with the dead or handle the dead, um, there have been like, from, at least from what I know and from the context of this film, there's a lot of um, cultural baggage tied with that. And the fact that they are often, you know, alienated or, um, you know, viewed as almost dirty because they, they touch the dead or deal with the dead. Um, but the film itself is about the departures that he witnesses where people are seeing off those they loved into the next life. And you watch these scenes of him preparing bodies for burial and the families being there and the people that surround them while he deals with a pivotal loss that was in his in his life that he experienced that he finally gets resolution on in the end of the film through this work that he does. And that moment where Omega says, I want to witness how societies and people deal with their dead, immediately for me brought back that film mm -hmm. because I had never thought that a film about death could make me think so much about what it means to live. And um, we didn't get that with that quest because right. you go out to the burial site and you don't even talk about the actual, mm -hmm. like it's not like you witnessed the Garleans doing a burial ceremony that like, you know, we had these two, they were so difficult, but then we see what it means to be people in the society and there's still hesitancy, but maybe both people bring their cultures together and Alphano and Alice are there and they bring flowers mm -hmm. for the grave because that's an Eorzean tradition and like, that, I think, would have been a more powerful scene, but also much more difficult to pull off given the right. constraints of a side quest. But I think the scene still worked. It just, mm -hmm. I think maybe it was framed in such a way that I would have rather have them have used a different connector for it because, I mean, yes, just watch that movie. It's so good. <laughs> but I think there is a lot of power in something like that. And it really felt like, yeah, that one little lead-in was kind of bizarre and disjointed. It was mm -hmm. just kind of a reason to get you over there and remember that weird, sad, shocking thing that happened. Exactly. <laughs> like, I think which is fine. I think what you're saying is exactly why I had that feeling, because I was expecting something else. And then we got, not, I wouldn't say a cheap play to emotion. It's not a cheap play to emotion. It was earned. Like, we... we we saw them. We tried to help them. It failed. You know, like, they built this up. But it could have been more there. But that's fine. Like, we didn't even know we were going to get this quest at all. It's like so, when you... Cool. <laughs> this is a bad comparison. It's like when you're planning a surprise party for somebody. Mm. And you're like, we need to go to the grocery store for no reason at all. And then mm -hmm. you don't go to the grocery <laughs> store. And you go to the party that's set up someplace else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And all the other beats I felt like were really strong. I mean, the yeah. stuff like touched on at that yeah. year. Oh, my gosh. Destroyed me. Mm -hmm. Even the unexpected jump back to the ancients. I actually, yeah. I really loved that and that that moment. Um, that was and, really interesting. And Rook, who did you pick? They're sad. 
there's that choice. I, I just wonder. I don't know who you would uh, pick it off. Look, here's the thing. Hermes was in the bunch, and uh, he stunk <laughs> it up for me. But I couldn't <laughs> pick between Vinat and Emmett Selk. If I was forced to truly yeah. pick... Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Vinat. It's Vinat. I mean, it's yeah. Vinat. Come on. I mean, it's Vinat. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love course. Emmett to death, but it's Vinat. Yeah. Um, but I did just pick that they all had their reasons. <laughs> like, yeah. answer. Even though I had a little footnote in there personally that was like, except for Hermes, who was slightly stinkier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did have his reasons. And I do think I can't sass him too much, but I will anyway. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just one of those things to have that question framed by Omega. It is. It makes it, in the game's lore, it makes it really much more important for you to pick, I don't know, uh, what you, I don't know if it's what you truly believe, but what you want Omega to believe, right? Mm. Like, if you're really role-playing your character as you go through it, you want to pick the one that you want Omega to believe. So it kind of gives you a different view on your character, at least how you have it in your brain, you know? Because, like you, you're like, I want to pick this one, but I'm going to pick that one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's so tough with them because, mm-hmm. I mean, I even see the chat, you know, Levi's saying, like, they were all selfish. None of them were justified. Like, they made choices yeah. that affected millions of lives. And it's true, right? Yeah. Like, I think we even discussed this when we went, we were doing some of our Endwalker recap, and we had a big portion where we were really discussing mm-hmm. some of the morality of these choices between these characters. And of course, you cannot say that any of them really did anything that I think was super right. There are some things that they did where it's even like, that was definitely bad what you did. (laughs) But at the same time, I think um, the reasoning, the perspective, Mm -hmm. the self and an individual experience that lead us to those choices. I mean, there are times where we can make choices collectively and there are times in a more metaphorical sense, right, where we make choices for mm-hmm. our own lives that may have effects on others, um, but that no other person can make for us. And so it's, I think, I like to think of it kind of in that regard because people had to choose to do something and action had to happen mm-hmm. in order for the world to continue and interesting things to happen and story to occur, right? right? Like, like that has to happen. We have to make choices and act on them at times in our lives. Um, but I mean, of course, the repercussions of that choice are on a scale befitting a fantasy mm-hmm. and in such a way that, I mean, yes, there were horrible repercussions. And even recently with this near crossover that happened out of the blue with Emmett Selk, I don't know if anybody has yeah, seen. Yeah, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We got some more information about what it was like, what the world was like post Sundering. And I've seen some recent fan comics that have done such a great job of elaborating on that. That, like, post-Vinat Sundering, apparently all the different shards, it was, like, a nightmare fest. Like, there were all these, like, horribly, like, whether disfigured literally or disfigured in soul, like, creatures, Mm -hmm. and Emmett Self was witness to them. and kind of melty. Yes. And, like, melty souls. And they, over time, over a long time, reformed up. Yeah. Yes. And, like, solidified. But he witnessed what was an, an, like, a terrible abomination of life. Um, a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. So again, it's like they all had reasons that led them to this point, and that's what I find compelling. It doesn't have to mean that they were justified. So like the English choice of that word is a little funny, mm-hmm. but do we understand them and can we empathize with certain elements of their lived experience? Yeah, absolutely. So these are actually cutscenes, visual cutscenes with the. I think I don't remember if there was voice acting as well, but there's at least text, and uh, yeah. they're from a near crossover. So like we got the raid, near got just like some neat cutscenes and a teeny bit of storyline in their actual game. You could probably find them on YouTube. I don't know exactly where, but I imagine somebody's put them up on YouTube. Yeah, if you do like Emmett Selk near crossover, I'm sure it'll just like pop up immediately. Mm. 
Yeah, I remember yeah. at the time, and I, I don't think we've talked about them on the no. podcast at all. Mm-hmm. But I remember at the time uh, having this little theory that, yeah, so they were malformed when they first started. Is that why some of the like void scent are so weird? Because the thirteenth was the first to fall. Were they still organizing at the time? Right. Oh. I don't know. That's kind of an interesting question because I really loved the idea of the world being so broken, mm. right? And I really wish we had gotten to see a little bit more of that on on our side, like in our game. Please yeah. don't go the wow way. <laughs> don't make us have yet. to read a book. Yeah, Games I know. Maybe they'll bring it, they'll bring it back in hopefully, but uh, it, it's just such a compelling like thought. Like, yeah. oh man, that's really horrible. Yes, and I think it gives so much more context to Emmett Selk, mm-hmm. right? For a long time when that's I've discussed true. him yeah, as a character, true. yeah, like when I've discussed him as a character or the Asians and their choice, right? Um, I have referred a lot to Plato's philosophies about um, like creation, right? So Plato had these beliefs about like the perfect world that existed and then the like um, almost like imperfect prints of those concepts the theory of ideals where Mm -hmm. like you know you think of a horse but in reality a horse might you know not look like a perfect horse that you envision in your head so in my mind right like alongside with that theology he also had this belief that like you know and people took this to different lengths in ancient greece and with different philosophies that like the actual physical world was all just a weird illusion Mm -hmm. and that the true world was the only world that really mattered so you see some of that theology in the ancients you see some of that with emmett selk so for a long time i was like oh well that kind of justifies because to him with his philosophy does it morally make sense by our standards no but in his mind he is not killing people if that makes sense right he is like putting they the Asians are putting this energy back to rights so that the real world the true world will come back and that always felt even a little bit thin in some spots because mm-hmm. you're like by now that's a really weird thing and of course we wouldn't think that and our modern mindsets don't really allow that as a justification for mass murder right <laughs> but um this adds an extra element to that right the idea that he literally it wasn't just like and then the world got sundered and vanat was like i love bunnies and dogs mm-hmm. and everyone's beautiful and maybe there are some bunny people and there are some it was like things got absolutely wrecked like mm-hmm. it was the ghosts and shades of monsters disfigured souls the world like had to literally reform recreate the paradise the creation the the planet the star that they attended mm-hmm. so carefully that they had devoted their entire existence to had been completely maimed and when you think about having to witness that and then like i mean oh my gosh terrible yeah. Like, in his mindset, you know, he was the hero that held on for an untold amount of time to bring back life, you know, mm-hmm. like, as it was supposed to be. So, again, it's like there's just more elements to this that I think are fascinating in a lot of ways. And Vinat, I think, made a choice that, again, was justified in her own mind, yeah. but obviously had terrible <clears throat> repercussions, but also let us where we are. So, mm-hmm. so bringing it back around to Omega, mm-hmm. uh, I did like that we, uh, we learned who the Watcher is. Kind of mostly, like they yes! told us. They told us he was a a, an, a scholar for a nighter, right? Mm-hmm. So he was based off of a real dude. Mm-hmm. It was a, a friend of Anat's in her like council, right? 
Mm-hmm. In her in her convocation, they bring yes. that back up. I remember we've talked about before, like where the hell was her convocation when she mm-hmm. was splitting the world into pieces? So they've come back around and been like, no, but there really was one, and maybe they didn't do exactly what the other one did, but they were there, they were there, and this guy, he was one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, they got they got sundered, right? Or he yeah. at least, yeah, he yeah, like he had a fervent wish in that moment. So before. like, this guy is like a re built that Mm -hmm. guy's sort of like memory of him with a lot of like bits of what he was but he's not exactly that guy so he's like based off of that guy yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. he's like the hith that we have in amarat kind of parallel would be my guess right i think so that's a pretty good parallel um gosh i don't you know what we'll do we will say Mm. we will say we're not going to tell you what the message is partially because rook hasn't seen it yet Partially because, they, oh yeah, they, yeah, they tell you, can you say it. We're talking okay. spoilers. It's fine. Okay. And the the other partially with us is I don't remember exactly how it goes, <laughs> but it's something like um, oh, no, it's so it's so impactful. I don't want to ruin it. You know what? Okay, I don't want to ruin it for ruin you. It. Okay. Well, or or anybody else. Like everything up to now is like little cool things you learn, but like do this quest and just sit there and let the message wash over you. And <laughs> if, if you have a heart. You will feel feel at least misty in your eyes. Um, and think, the other thing I want to add to this is think of this message. Uh, what Hermes got back affected the entire universe. Mm-hmm. It fucked up everything. Imagine if Hermes had gotten this message that is the whole point of this quest line. If you've, if mm-hmm. you've done the quest line, you know what I'm talking about? I hate to do that. <laughs> Okay, so basically the message is cut and dry. Be happy. Uh-huh. Like those those of you who are looking up at the scars, stars with me, like know that it's okay to be happy or something like that, right? Forge that's, ahead. Yes, that's all. That's all the message is really. I. Yeah. It's not. That is not a quote <laughs> by <Yeah>. any means. <laughs> but the message is is you know, hey, if anybody's out there, you know, be happy. Aww. So like. Yeah. Imagine if that was the message that Hermes got back, right? I know. Its entire universe would be different. (laughs) It's so different. And it's like, (sighs) I think there's there's so much to dig into with Hermes and or Medion and or the, you know, the creation or the intent that they had or that how far did, you know, Medion's reach actually go in destroying or furthering suffering? Like, we talked about it a little bit before. because it does feel like at the time I remember thinking like, wow, in the whole universe, not mm-hmm. one person was like, yeah, stuff's pretty chill. <laughs> like yeah. not one person. Like, and you know, so- this didn't come about because of any sundering either. Only our world got sundered. So that yes. message is from somebody mm-hmm. who never had that shit happen to them. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I'm really glad they did this because obviously I haven't gotten quite to that part yet. But even so, like hearing you talk about it, I felt so I felt like there was a little part, a little wound from Endwalker that had still just been smarting a little bit. Mm -hmm. That was that kind of um, not like, I guess, maybe nihilistic. I might be using the term a little bit inappropriately in regards, but um, like that kind of like, well, there's nothing but suffering out there. And I guess we're the only sure thing (laughs) that could maybe not be sad. So like, maybe we should not be sad then. And that always I don't know, it felt like it was just a little bit counterintuitive to the other themes so to have a moment where there is something out there where like yes there was something more than this there is something like that good we can raw. all 
Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, I love that. that it was really... No, be supportive in that way. Oh, no, just that the joy is to be found. Omega Omega presents it in kind of a hilarious fashion, to be honest. Yeah. He's like, hey, so I did translate the message now that you helped me with all the stuff that I wanted you to help me with. Uh, I think you're going to be disappointed because mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't have a little robot heart yet. So he doesn't really yeah. get the, the implications and he didn't really exactly exact live through what everybody had to live through quite recently. He was there, but did he live through it? No, not really. Uh so he, he he gives everybody the message and he goes, Oh, this actually did impact them. Huh. And you get you get like a little like his thought process and mm-hmm. maybe maybe pushes him a little step closer to his, finding his little robot heart. It's very cute. <laughs> All right. Uh, um I was gonna say, I've heard people say that they it feels like there will be a continuation of oh, those. Definitely, side I think yes? so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what I had figured too. I mean, as we get to Tataru's as well, I was like, "Well, it's done. Oh, was, okay. Was <laughs> Next time." <laughs> I, no, but I think um, I think they we have to take him to Ultima Thule, even if those aren't really the o- Omicrons. Yeah. yeah. They're they're there. They're. It's like us us talking to Hythlodius. It would be like yeah. him talking to someone like his yes. leader. His leader is there. Yeah. And the questions he has about, like, why did you do this thing? They can answer like, it. Yeah, if mm-hmm. Omega's emotional resonance can reach them, right? Like, then they will all confirm they have feelings, you know? And yeah. I just, I just, I, yeah, there has to be more of this. I really love it. It's so good. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was such a solid quest. There was a lot to dig into. Gave me good resolution. Revisited some of the emotional points. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was so good. It was so good. Gotta be something. Gotta be something. So the next uh, bunch of quests is Tataru's Grand Endeavor. Mm. Well, I love Tataru. I've always loved Tataru. For a while, she was my favorite scion. <laughs> Until Alize grew up a little bit and became uh-huh. a magic sword wielder. And then she okay. became my favorite scion. <laughs> I was going to ask who it is now, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was pretty short, but um, it, it set us on an interesting path. I thought via clothes, yeah. Uh, as as I'm sure we all know from the previous uh, Endwalker quest lines, when Tataru wrapped up all of her jobs with the Scion, she decided she wanted to start a boutique. So you you happen to show up on time. She actually comments on it. She's like, "You always seem to show up whenever I need you, or whenever anyone <laughs> needs you." And uh, then she she asks you to go and visit uh, a couple of friends just to see if they need any orders done yeah well she's trying to make a global shipping mm-hmm. company yeah. so she's like calling in all those favors and friends to try and be like yep. hey can we set up like a line of trade and we could do and then you could do it yeah <laughs> yeah it'd be good for you too you you brought us all that stuff for the ship yeah. why don't mm-hmm. you just keep doing it she seems she seems <laughs> okay so we we all know that this is a yeah. this is a business woman she yep. sends you exactly to the people you need to talk to. When you mm-hmm. go to Limsa and you talk to Sicker, and he's like, I don't know. Wait a minute. No, I think that this is a great idea. Yep, we should. Yeah. Money. I need I need, <laughs> I need. to be your only shipper from the sea through Charlemagne. It's not it. And, and Limsa Lomensa. And you can't really say yes or no, but you're basically like, okay, so are you a genius, Tataru? And she's like, oh, of course I am. Please yes. go visit the next person. Who do you? The the one in Grudania really threw me off though. Like, 
Why did we pick uh, that guy? I don't know. I have uh, no idea. Was I Arun? Is that is that Arun? Yeah, it's Arun. Yes. Sorry, I have the. Can you hear it? Can you hear no, that deep, mm -mm. like rumbling? Okay, good. Okay, good. But I can talk. There's yeah. this incredibly loud bass just right outside my window <laughs> as somebody just like pumps it. Um, I I felt like that was meant to be sort of like a multifaceted thing, right? The mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. technically, the seed seers are I would say the highest authority of the wood, and anything yeah. like moving stuff in or out, anything that might um. Uh, affect, disrupt, or annoy the elementals would be something that they would have to commune with them to, like, approve in regards to trading caravans and I would assume things, like, of that nature. Um, so I felt like there was that side of it, but the other side of it, to me, was very much to be like, hey, we're not fantasy racist anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Nakarumi in chat, actually, uh, 100%, that's it. It was weird mm -hmm. to me that they chose that character to do it more than anything, but... I guess that was probably guess, the first time Ar Arun had been out into the world at all, is what he says, right? So, yeah. like, helping people in Garlemald and seeing all of the stuff that's happening there. And uh, I cannot remember the specifics of what he says, like, really got to him. But just seeing the rest of the world and realizing that they're not just part of the Twelves Wood. They are part of the world. They have to help everything. If they hadn't left the Twelves Wood, even though that's their responsibility, yeah. then the world probably would have been screwed up. And by yeah. extension, the Twelves Wood. What he says is um, his horns. He's like, yes. people don't even realize that yeah, I'm anything different. Like, I thought he was here, a Zayla. Yeah, here, I loved it. I'm something apart, but there, I'm just one of everybody. It's, it's, I'm a citizen of the world. Mm -hmm. Is kind of what he realized, and and that's why he wants to not only speak to the elements but the people as well. So I, I liked it. I like him better than Kane Sena anyway. So cool. <laughs> I, he just got a lot more characterization in yes. the last couple mm -hmm. of patches than she has mm -hmm. gotten in a long time. Even though it's there, it just didn't change until the roll quest. The roll quest really helped her, yes. I think. But yeah, without but the roll saying, quest, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Chad is saying that uh, they recall Arun being the most isolationist out of he all the years. So, he was super xenophobic. He, he was super. He hated everybody. He didn't even really like that you were training to be a white mage. Yep. So yeah, I think it's very much meant to be like an illustrative point. And I loved that piece of dialogue that you brought up, Al, do you know? That was actually a part I was like, oh, that is so well done. Because right. he talks like, it's such a huge thing for them. It sets you apart. It makes you different. But it also is like, you know, you're a really special person if you mm -hmm. are, you know, chosen in this way. Um, and if you end up being a Pajali and... Um, like, we've even seen, if you've done the White Mage quest, you know, the effect of that and what it means to, like, suddenly discover that you have this power. And even with that role quest, where we hear a bit about the fact that even those who were chosen to be, like, Pajal, they, like, really didn't have much of a choice in this yeah. matter, you know? They become one, and you either embrace it, or, like, you have failed in everything, and you are shunned, and, yes. you know, you are, like, stripped of your power, and you are... So it's one of those things where, like, obviously he lived such a small closeted life within the confines mm -hmm. of this place. And he had both a special position, but also something that distanced him from others. And when he went out into the world for people, yeah, to be like, I don't even know what that is. What are you like a funny <laughs> Zayla or something? You like yeah. um, Auri or like, or what's up? Um, I, I loved that because I think it was also just such a good lesson and moment, um, mm -hmm. especially here in the U.S. where we deal with perhaps like various isolated communities that I, I think, boy, if they just met some other people and like, if they just talked to people and if they just yeah. went to a city and like really, really 
had to touch you know with different cultures and international people and you know people even just in communities and societies and cultures that are just a part of the united states like the amount of understanding that comes from realizing that like we are all part of one global mm -hmm. existence is like so powerful and goes so far to strengthen empathy. So I really liked that we had this moment because I've even seen recently on Twitter some of the discussions about the true nature of the elementals and what mm -hmm. that means. Yeah, and people are all thinking the about that again. And and the yes. fact yeah. that initially we were told Pajal couldn't leave the Twelveswood. Mm -hmm. And it's like, did the elementals fib a little bit? Because they absolutely did leave the Twelveswood. Yeah, yeah, like it could be their reduced power that prevents them from acting, you know, like, or punishing the Pajal who do. It could be, there's all sorts of things there with them that's really interesting. Um, and I've seen some theories that I think are maybe closer to the mark and maybe that I think are completely off the mark. <laughs> but, like, so are many of my theories. But this was definitely something that still has been, like, present in many people's minds. Um, because, yeah, like, a lot of the Elizen in particular in Gridania have been really awful to other people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things and a lot of terrible treatment has been justified because of the elementals, when in reality, like, we have to all admit that we can't just be, we can protect things that matter, yes, and, and areas that matter and people we care about, but, like, also, you cannot just shut yourself off from the world and then force people to, you know, live by your bizarre laws or die. Like, right. you can't do that. You so. can't do that. So when we move to uh, Alda, we talk to uh -huh. Pippin, who is... An adorable hero, man. I love Pippin so much. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know, but Pippin and Tataru are actually already pretty good friends, apparently, and had uh, uh, a similar uh. life experience where they had their lives get fucked up by, I'm going to say, the society structure that is Ulta. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just uh, their businesses going, their family's businesses going uh, bankrupt. Yeah. Apparently. Capitalism. Yes. Capitalism. Go figure. Um, apparently, at some point during their conversations together, Tatara mentioned a family heirloom that she'd lost, mm. that was, she was bummed about, and Pippin found something in the prizes for the Coliseum that sounded like what she described, and he wants you to give it to her. So, like, mm -hmm. this, this is actually after you asked him, you know, Tatara's looking to, you know, expand the business here, what do you think? Coliseum, you're in charge of kind of everything here. You need some clothes. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, she's good. Let's do that. But then he says, and this is the part that yeah. I, uh, I thought was the most hilarious. Uh, he can't take anything for free because he is from Alda and they run on monies. Yeah. He's like, that's terrifying that it's for free. I, I refuse. I got to get you something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So so it's he, he was saying he had meant to give it to her anyway and mm. just hadn't gotten around to it yet. It's this what is quite possibly her family heirloom. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's it's broken. It's busted up. It's missing all but like the main jewel uh, in this necklace. And he gives you the gem part of it, I believe, so that you can go and try and match the other gems mm -hmm. and, and have them all replaced and have the, the piece fixed up to give back to her. And so when you go back to Charlene and uh, tell her assistant about this, she's really into it. Everybody there mm -hmm. loves Tataru because she's super great. Yeah. And... Uh, Everybody gets on in on it. All the people that she's hired are like, oh, man, we need to do this. We need to get the, the pieces. But also, I'm sure there's other stuff that everybody who she's helped out would really like to give her. So this becomes the, like, make little cute keepsake for 
Chitaru quest. Even <laughs> though even though she's like out there trying to be like, all right, let me start my business. I'm going to help out these guys and we're going to do a global thing. And everybody's like, that's cool. But also we just want to make you a really cool present. I love that for once we're making, we're crafting something for her to right. give yeah. to her that matters. She did so much, so much behind the scenes for the science, for mm -hmm. the world by virtue of that. And it's just like, okay, well now here's something that's probably very near and dear to your heart. So take it right. because we love you, you little. Yes. She is definitely overdue for that love. And also, I'm going to say, let's let's help Kryle with the students of Baldessian. We are a little bit, but let's codify that. Let's really, really help her rebuild that. Saying these two together, that'd be great. Yeah. Yes, we gotta, absolutely. Got to fix both of these things. We just and it brings them. <laughs> we just what, hand, what, them, what? hand them a stinian like hogtie yeah. and be like, "Have fun." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure you mean it, that in the most yeah, you know, like uh, platonic of ways. Hey, platonic hey, way. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because they, because they love to mess with him, platonically. Uh -huh. It's yeah. true. I feel like they have an older sister kind of thing going yeah. with him, where they just bully him a little yeah. bit, but out of like a loving but place. That's, you know? that's really sweet too, true. because he also lost his family, and so it's like yeah. he, he's built up this both literally and preferably family. Little yes. Anyway. Um, I also really like that this quest, it felt so short to me. I actually what? thought that I had messed something up or I didn't know what was happening. And I was like searching. I went to Gamer Escape and I was like, next Tataru quest? I was like, it's not in my log. It. It's not anywhere. Mm -hmm. I can't find it. I couldn't find it anywhere. And then I realized, oh, no, I think that's actually just it. I thought like maybe there'd be more, but I assume that like, yes, obviously there are going to be more installments of this and we will do stuff down the road. But um, Aldino, I wanted to bring up one thing that you talked about earlier when we were even talking about Omega, which is, can we please get all lore in the game right. visible for you to part like to to actually have and know? And one of the things that I thought was great about this quest is that, I'm gonna be real, everybody, until I read Tataru's entry in the journal thing that she gives you now, the uh, new codex, I can't remember, what is it called? Um, the Unending Codex or something like that? Yeah, what is it? I don't know. In the... No. The Unending Journey is the one that's in the... Maybe it is the Unending Codex, because the Unending Journey is the like replayable quest scenes that you do in... in, in... It is. It is Unending Codex. Okay, so the Unending Codex, yeah. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know anything about her past until I read her entry. Right. And I'm sure there must have been some kind of mention. There has to have been at some point, maybe? Was it 1.0 lore? Was it, like, wh where? I Maybe it was just in the lore book originally, and maybe. it was never in the game itself. But I didn't know that about her. And if I ever knew it, I forgot it. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't know that. That's neat. Now I understand why she's more motivated to, like, build up a business and be self-made and learn skills that are useful to her. And so it was so refreshing to see them actually put it in a quest in the game. And the same with the Omega stuff, because that was a side story that we had ages ago that confirmed that Omega was actually in there and right. it wasn't just a toy. And so to actually have that be brought in alongside a lot of the other side stories and information that we got... Um, that all, again, were put right in the game or put in mm -hmm. Endwalker. So I'm really glad that they've been putting these things in so that we get them as part of our game experience, not just like a supplemental thing that you need to have read, which I love and I will read, but not everybody yeah. will. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's to me, the role quest did a great job of that too, because they brought in some of that Ishgard stuff that you had to read to see how they were doing. 
it, it's it's really great to see these side stories because we're so used to getting the content that is then the trial or or the Eureka Boja diadem who who knows those mm-hmm. systems, but like these little one off little stories have only been Hildebrand really, yeah. and I'm glad that they're branching that out some more. Oh, up until uh, I mean the, it's a good. Uh the stuff mm-hmm. at the end of the role quests yeah which is still mm-hmm. still much more gated than hildebrand and we got three yeah, of them exactly. this time yeah. yeah so maybe maybe that's why hers was a little short i don't know maybe. but it was it was it's very different that we got so much just like side story stuff mm-hmm. and you well, don't we definitely know that hers will continue yeah and you don't get yeah. much for it other than like brain enrichment yeah <laughs> just fine with it. me <laughs> That's all Good vibes and brain enrichment. Yeah. I love it. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so often, like, if you're going to go and do a quest, you're going to get experience and money. Mm-hmm. And these Tomes. are just kind of like, here's some cool story. You like that, right? We heard you guys like story. Here's some more. I'm fine with yeah. it. I'll take it. Thank yeah. you very much. It's guess- much more heartwarming than I thought it would be because I really want this to be leading up to a trade war between Rowena, Rowena, yes! <laughs> Tataru, yes! and maybe even, um, what's his name? Hancock, yeah. Oh my gosh. Just give me that war. I want that trade war. They become the new warring triad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Geralt's just in between them all like, oh, they're all making me do things. All right, somebody <laughs> somebody needs to draw these three as primals now, please, and thank you. <laughs> You're so good. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, shall we go on to Hildebrand? Since we just brought that fellow up. Oh, we shall. You know, today is Fusion's birthday, so he's not with us. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a bummer because I think out of all of Endwalker, these quests specifically would have been the ones we would have heard him praise mm-hmm. the most yeah. extensively. Oh, yeah. I, it's, it's like you say, it's it's a bummer that he's not here to talk about them because the rest of us could have, like, gone taken a nap, yep. made a sandwich, oh, yeah. while he just talked about just all the fine details. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Fusion's thing, is what we're saying, and we're sad he's yeah. not here to, to yeah. join us in talking about it. Yes. <laughs> uh, where, do, where do these things even start? Razatan. Oh, you uh, you walk up to a Lalafell who's yeah. been in the quest in the past. He was basically Nashu's stalker. You're like, hey, stinky stalker, what you doing? And he's like, oh, you know that guy who disappeared? Um, I think he's back now because I was totally not stalking Nashu. And you're like. Yes, you were, and you're sneaky. You straight up tell them that. Well, I think you have an option to be nice, but I chose yeah. the mean option. Because what a sneaky stalker line. needs to be told. It's Go so good. No, mm-hmm. that line is so good. I don't even remember it verbatim, but it cracked me up so much that you're just like, yeah, you are a stinky cheese stalker. You smell like cheese. You are <laughs> yep. bad, and you stalk her, and that's a weird thing. It's weird, buddy. It's weird. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> don't like, do it. He's like, he's like, I am not a stalker. I'm like... An invisible guardian, but... And then he sniffs himself. He's like, I do smell a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, as much as he should probably take a bath, probably don't take a bath, because then she knows when you're around and can, like, leave. <laughs> True. Anyway, stalkers are bad. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Stalker, no stalking. Stalker, no stalking. <laughs> so you, you go and you find Nashu, and she's like, hey, check it out. It's Hildebrand, but he is in a coma. And I very, I'm sure we all very quickly realized, yeah, okay, so he did go to the first. Yes, he did go to the first. His body is there, just like all the scions, and his soul is in the first, being dumb. Yeah. Just like all the scions. Yeah. 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 Because he's one of them, the scions. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Like, I know it's Fusion's birthday, but we're not going to give him that one. (laughs) 
I don't. I, I'm sure that Fusion picked all the really nice options for Hild- Hildebrand, but I didn't. <laughs> Do you? Okay, Zanidra, I have to ask you a very important question right here, right now. Uh-huh. Do you not like the Hildebrand quest or Hildebrand? Okay, so I'm okay with the quests. Um, there are things about them where I'm like, is this over yet? Or, or it's just not my style of humor. But there yeah. are things about them that I do think are funny. Hildebrand himself, I find extremely annoying. But that's the point <laughs> of the character. So, yeah. like, I'm not mad at it. That's that's the point of him. He's supposed to mm-hmm. be. He's supposed to be a spac- spastic idiot. That's that's his job. Yeah. Yes. I love him. I love his brand of idiot. <laughs> there is so good. I love those characters that are Kronk esque, where they're like too dumb to know. Anything. <laughs> you know what's and weird? I like Kronk. I don't like Hildebrand. I don't know why. <laughs> no. Maybe it's because Kronk is more like humble in a sense, yes. whereas yeah. Hildebrand is very pretentious yeah. and kind yeah. of That's probably like, it. I could see it. It's it's funny because I genuinely missed him like i didn't even realize the quest started and i went oh my gosh i missed this so much i missed this stupid thing and like there are definitely parts of it i do not care for the stalker character i find mm-hmm. him very uncomfortable and i'm kind of over humor that's like he 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 let's do weird creepy stuff around girls and it's funny yep. i don't find it funny no. like i don't think it's charming and hilarious and I think sometimes people behave like that because they see it so normalized as like, a, yeah, well, we all know it happens. That's just what boys do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very weird to me. And I'm like, I, I no, that that's entirely. not. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so that element I don't particularly care for. But I love that dumb man. And Nashu cracks me up. She yeah. is also just Nashu like, I do genuinely like. <laughs> they're so good. She also <laughs> beats him up, which is funny. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so... Eventually, you you make your way to the first. I feel like there's a little bit before that. Is there anything important in there? I mean, you inspect Hildebrand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so the descriptions are good. Descriptions. So we go to the first, and we talk. We we ask people, "Hey, have you seen this tall, dumb idiot guy wandering around?" And they're like, "Yeah, he's kind of bothering people a little bit." You get to see you know a scene. I love this part because it was on the first. You know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You get to see a scene—the scene where he shows up and yeah. uh, fight Lamit, right? It's Lamit. Yes. No, no, well, it's not. Uh, it's Jiat. It's uh, Jiat. Jiat. That's it. My bad. Mm-hmm. Jiat is the first person who sees, <laughs> and she freaking like Thor Ragnaroks. Hey, piss yeah. off, ghost! Yeah. She thinks he's a ghost. <laughs> He's, he's all see through like the rest of the the warriors that are brought through. It's so good when you talk oh, to her at the bar. She's like, "Yeah, I saw a ghost." So what you do? Punched him. I punched yeah. him. I punched like, him. Piss off, ghost. <laughs> yep. And this this is about the point where I was like, "Okay, all right, I'm good," because I love mm-hmm. Giot and I love the yeah. fact that she punched Hildebrand. <laughs> we got some um, Thaler and Vonard. Who I, I could love. not remember who they were, and then chat told me, and I went, "Oh, right." Yeah. And then immediately I was thinking about our first edition campaign. Yes. We yep. have to play more yes. of it. We, we will, have don't worry. To. It, this, I love... this is why I was so excited for yes. this quest. I love that it was absolutely 100% confirmed that they actually do have the echo too. Yes. Because when you 100%. get your echo, they also have the same echo. Because mm-hmm. yes. I, I don't remember if they confirmed it before, but there were a bunch of people who just assumed that they got the echo yeah. and were warriors of light now. These guys actually did. And I think that's great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. 
Um, can I just say that I think the highlight for me of this entire quest is like the next beat, which is the forgiven, was it the forgiven Hildebrand, the, oh. where he descends as a sin eater and then the yeah. boss music starts playing? Like out of everything in this portion, that one bit felt like the most original comedic beat for me. I wish it could have lasted for a million years. I wish we could have fought him as like some terrible yeah. ripoff trial sin eater. It would have been the funniest thing. Oh my gosh, I just absolutely adored it. I thought that was so funny to me when you find it. I love that it turns out that Nashi was giving you a bomb. And she's like, yeah. just, just explode him with this. He he might not remember anything because that's the kind of dumb stuff that he does. But like, mm -hmm. explode him with this and it'll be fine. And then you play volleyball with a giant comical cartoon bomb. And I did love <laughs> that part. That was so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. It's good. And you, yeah, oh, you, you like, you spike that thing. You slap the fuck yeah. out of that bomb. It's like a great, like, effect when you hit it. And he's, his face is just like. Yeah, great animation again. Like, yep. you know, they, they started out Hildebrand to, they said that they were testing out some of the animation stuff with him. Mm -hmm. And they still oh, are. And that looked great. That's what we mm -hmm. forgot. There's the, mm. the guy who believes in aliens. Oh yes, the conspiracy yeah, so theorist. Before before we leave, there's there's the dude who believes in aliens who's like, yeah, I know what happened to him. He got abducted by aliens. He's on the yeah. moon right now. And I I thought for a second that for some reason maybe the Lopperets were like, oh yeah, let's go to the moon. It's fine. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. Oh my gosh, there are just so many good moments. Yeah. Um, the conspiracy theorist thing, like setting that up so that later you get the payoff, is so mm -hmm. funny. Yeah. Um. The animation's so good. I also liked in that flashback scene when he gets stuck in the wall. There were some like movements with his body He's where like, he was doing kind of like the worm and stuff yeah. that yeah. were, I think, some of the most fluid animations we've ever seen in the game. Mm -hmm. As far as like not just like I move and you know kind of slight vague robot like. Many of our animations aren't exactly that, but you know, even in a lot of cutscenes now, it's like you square off and then you walk, or you like, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> it still. seemed like, yes, it seemed like they were trying out some more like fluid body motions with this one, and I'm really curious to see if any of those will make it into the next expansion. Um, but yeah, you get to the conspiracy theorist thing, you get him back because I think at that point, you are you're about to get the crystal to him, right? Because we have to talk to. Oh yeah. my gosh, what is the Numo's name? Um, uh, Soul Somia. Yeah, Beckluck, that's it. Yeah. Beckluck just being like, mm -hmm. excuse me. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so good. What are you even talking about? Very rude. Yes. He's like, ah, you're rude and I don't like you. Get in this crystal and yeah. get out of my face. Yeah. I did think it was funny they, they wrapped that up so quickly. Like it yeah. took us so it took us so long before to get all of that stuff organized, and now that he knows that mm -hmm. he was just like, get in this crystal, you big dummy, and get out of here. <laughs> get out. Yeah. So you go back, and his body is missing. Uh, you learn that he's been taken away, and that's when you meet. That's actually probably when you meet the alien guy, right? Yeah. Yes, I yeah. think it's there because isn't that that's the villain? And he's like mm -hmm. trying to sell you on some dumb yeah. thing. So that like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally a good guy. Yeah, what's you, his name? You... Delian, I think, or something yeah, like something. that. You go out to the, the beach and you see his secret meeting with the freaking Professor uh, Lugea or Lugay, something like that. Lugay, yeah, 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 yeah. From the, the tower. He's mm -hmm. the guy He's the guy who made the big Frankenstein guy and then turns himself into a robot when he dies because the Frankenstein guy punches him. That's him, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't he a, f is he a four throwback? 
That boss is Lu- definitely yeah. from mm-hmm. another Final Fantasy. Yeah. Is it four? Lugay yeah. and the Yeah. Uh yeah, Final Fantasy Four, Dr. Lugay. Uh was working for Golbez. Yep. Mm. In the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. And we know maybe Maybe we've recently had some confirmation as well with the little tidbits that happened at the end of our like previous major patch. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the little things we've seen that Golbez, the four fiends, definitely mm-hmm. seemed like a thing. An interview with Yoshida-san recently where he was saying like, well, we did tell you that there was going to be a lot of four yeah. uh, coming up. We just didn't necessarily say that it would specifically be in Endwalker, like the core expansion. So, uh, yeah, I did not expect that Luge would be brought into yeah. this. this mm-hmm. I thought he was dead. I thought he was super yeah. dead. But it does make sense for him to be in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, wait, no, does it? I mean, kind of, yeah. That's, that's the same area-ish. Yeah. A, yeah. He, did, he did come out of the water, so I guess yeah. he... She's quote unquote swam there. Yeah, let's go. Uh, we'll have to do the deep lore. Try and uh, you know go through the geography and like trail out whatever he would have done. You know his pathway yeah. to get over there. No, I mean it's it's Hildebrand. You yeah. don't need. Yeah. Reality only holds so many boundaries for for Hildebrand. Um, yeah, that was all very. I thought that was pretty good. There's some delightful stuff in there. I was yelling when they threw the crystal exarchs. Yeah. Soul container. I was like, mm-hmm. that's precious to me. Like, <laughs> We did get to see Nashu throw a thing, yes. She just, mm-hmm. she hucks it, goes, yeah. goes, and it gets close to his, his face, and his soul goes back into his body, and then it hits him in the face. Of yep. course. And then, what, he, like, jumps on top of Luge the robot. and yeah. hits a missile and rides on a missile. <laughs> yeah, he rides a missile up. Ah. You know, With some yeah, great we- face animation. <laughs> What what dance did you guys pick uh, when you were trying to draw him out on the first? I picked the mambo. Oh, the, uh, yeah, I did mambo as well. Yeah, me too. It's the only answer, really. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> I like that there there was that that cutscene where you're like you do the thing and they look at you like you're an idiot, and the next thing you know, they're doing the thing too. They're doing it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was fun to see this back again. There may come a day where Hildebrand is laid to rest and we get some other new comedic series, but honestly, I don't know. For for the parts of it that can be sometimes silly or over the top or frustrating to the parts that are genuinely hilarious, I really do look forward to the, playing these and I really was happy to like come back in and have them again, especially after such an emotionally intense expansion. Like, yes. It was nice to just have something that was a complete ridiculous romp and took us to a couple places we'd already been in a totally different context. I, I just had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. I love the animation of this this missile scene. Yes. Oh my yes. God. And then when everything gets wrapped up, he gets taken away again. Did you guys immediately recognize the spaceship? Oh yeah. Yep. Oh absolutely. As soon as I as soon as the beam started, I was like, oh god, is it poo-poo? Because I thought it was so I weird didn't. that we we'd gone through so much uh, yeah. space stuff and not seen them yet, and then there they freaking yeah. were. <laughs> I am so ashamed of myself. I am not a real 8 fan, I guess. Like, <laughs> I've been telling everybody for ages, 8 is my favorite, uh-huh. but I also, like, played it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and apparently I never found or did the side quest that had yeah. poo-poo in it. Because it's, it's a, like a, a fairly obscure one, right? Yep. So I never encountered it, and we're on stream and people are like, Rook, aren't you so excited? It's 8! And I was like, Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, where? Was it? Because yeah. I remember a lot of things about eight, but I do not remember this thing from 
mm-hmm. from eight. So I'm really, I am happy it made it in because I remember like leading up to the expansion, a lot of people were theorizing that we would either get something like bunnies on the moon or we would get something like poo-poos on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's just nice to have something in game that like, gives us a reason to just say poo-poo seriously, which, <laughs> which I'm totally good with. I'm totally good with. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In the chat. It it's is been, a deep cut. Yeah. It's been pointed <laughs> out, uh, Hildebrand Cannon's strongest body in 14. That's actually why the, the scientist, Luge, wanted him. He, want, mm-hmm. he wants a new body. He needs somebody who can stand up to the terrible experiments he wants to do to the body. So mm-hmm. he needed he needed Hildebrand because he's indestructible. The spirit yeah. rebels. Soul yes. extraction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They still have never really brought that guy back around. I mean, I think he's dead. We yeah, killed him, right? Dead, yeah, thankfully. we killed him. But... Yeah. So uh, at the end... Hildebrand gets spit out on the moon and uh, the, the poo-poo jumps out of his ship and walks up and is like, hey, we're friends now. And that's basically the end, except for the little end credits. I actually do really love Hildebrand's dumb little end credits. They're just yeah. running on the beach and having a good time and falling over themselves and goofy shit happening. It's a good time. Yeah. I like that it it subverts, and what, it's just silly and fun and they always do something creative with it, but mm-hmm. two, I like that it kind of subverts what we expect about storytelling format in MMOs, right? Mm-hmm. That it's like, yeah. they are meant to almost feel like comedic episodes, right? Yeah. So, yes. what do you get at the end of the episode? You get the title sequence, or you yeah. get the ending credits, yeah, and yeah. like, I love that you get that. It's so it's so clever and funny, and like the little artistic touch of it is so good, and it really does feel like you have like watched some really dumb comedy episode of something that you were just a part of. <laughs> it's a good yeah. Time. All right. Let's see. Let's see. The next thing I think we have is custom deliveries. If we're going on Hildebrand. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the heck we're gonna do with them on the moon, but I can't wait. All right. I can't wait. Just because Fusion can't say anything um, right now because it is his birthday and he's gotten happy birthday, Fusion, um, uh-huh. I would like to say that contrary to everything else that I said about Hildebrand today during this segment, I actually thought these quests were the worst ever and probably mm-hmm. the worst out of all of Final Fantasy fourteen. And yeah. they made me angry and I just did not, I did not care for them. So Should never do it again. Never do it again, probably. Nobody yeah. do Hildebrand. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. Obviously. <laughs> Somewhere, though, I can hear Fusion yelling in the distance. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right so i don't know about you guys i did not do these quests no i didn't either um, not yet i don't have a crafter that can this is but i actually can i do i was surprised to find oh no i can't never mind somebody told yeah. me that they thought that they... somebody told me that they thought the deliveries start oh no i can they start at 80 80 is the cap okay. yes Okay, I have somebody to 80. Sorry, thank you for taking this journey with me as I sorted out my own brain. Um, they start at 80, so you can actually do them if you like need to level mm. your crafters gatherers from the last expansion. I still have not done them yet, but um, I was actually really happy to hear that just in case you are somebody like me who assumed, I don't know, that they would be max level or something and that you wouldn't be able to do it. I um, So I'm actually more in, interested in doing these now because I actually think I can. <laughs> so- All right. Uh, and I, like I said, I didn't do them, but I did, uh, just ask a crafter friend of mine, Monty, thank you very much. What happens? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he, he actually wrote me a very in-depth thing, which I'm not going to read the entirety of because it's very long. Right. But, uh, basically you are summoned to House Olivier and you meet Philomene, uh, Emiliens and Rowena. And you're like, mm. this is a combo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... The twins' mom basically tells you uh, that because of everything that's happened, Charlene is opening back up to, uh, you know, 
everything again and students who are outside of Charlene who want to come study there can do it but it can be difficult it can be expensive so she wants to put together uh, like an organization that supports students that come to Charlene to study and gonna let them like live in her house and pay for their room and board Mm -hmm. and stuff but she points out that she uh, used quite a bit of the Levier uh, funds on the Ragnarok and also the Scions and could really Mm -hmm. use your help Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Uh, and then she brings uh, Philomene and Rowena in t- as well to sort of be like, hey, you guys want to invest? And <laughs> initially, let's see, what does Philomene say? I think th- she's just uh, on board from the beginning. But Rowena. Yeah. Rowena's like, are you kidding? I, uh, I like to make money, not just shit it away. So initially, <laughs> Rowena's response is no, t- no ty, no thanks at all, goodbye. Um, but as uh, their mom sits there and talks about it, and she talks about her experience uh, living in the Dravanian hinterlands and seeing all the people come in and study there and how great it was and all this, Rowena is sort of thinking to herself, uh, if she gets in on this now and like puts a little bit of investment in later, all of those scholars that come in and learn and become big important members of society will remember Rowena fondly and then pay her for things later so then when it comes back around to are you sure you don't want to join up and help she's like you know what I will and everyone is stunned because they don't know what yeah. her inner monologue was that um, makes perfect sense yeah. yes and then you get to a point where uh, the first student comes in and she seems like a bit of like a a dunce a little, little awkward mm-hmm. A little awkward. Um, that's really it, though. I think. Thus far. Oh, she. Okay, so the the student has kind of a, a cute thing because her family is uh, alchemy, uh, an alchemy based business family group, and she thinks that while alchemy is great, it doesn't necessarily do enough to uh, cover everything that can be healed on a person. So, okay, Goldstar is saying that's not what happened. That uh, their mom played Rowena. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe she saw that Rowena wasn't gonna go for it, and she just started to kind of talk it up, like, "Oh, wouldn't it be great?" You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen it. No, I mean, she is sneaky. We know that she oh, she yeah. gets up to some machination, so mm-hmm. it very well could be a thing. Um, I mean, she knows how to get us to do this. She's she's like, "You can dress me up afterwards." Obviously, oh she's gosh. very smart. Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! What? It's nice that this does give us, because um, like I said, I hadn't done it myself, although everybody will be happy to know that I have started a mission to actually learn as much as I can about crafting and gathering, and I've been working on it and leveling and trying to be more well-versed in this subject. I'm not there yet, but I'm on the path. But um, I like hearing from these quests that we even got a little bit more about what's happening in Charlian right now. They've done a really nice job between the side quests and different quests in Zone and the tribe quests that we'll get to in a second and um, the Omega quests and everything else of kind of giving us, I think, a sense of, and this is what the place will be like moving forward, that we didn't necessarily get um, always in other X-Packs until later, like Ishgardian Restoration or other things like that, where they kind of went back and revisited cultures and how they had evolved. Whereas in this one, I feel like we really are starting to get our first few steps. And there's been a lot of debate actually in the RP community recently about whether or not Charlene opened its doors 
post-Endwalker. Many people were like, no, 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 no. It's still very hard to get in there. You know, you still can't, you know, go in. Like, they, they still are holding to that policy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting, because I definitely interpreted that cutscene in Endwalker when everybody just shows up anyway as them kind of being forced to open up whether they like it or not. But then them also agreeing ultimately that, like, yes, no, we have to help the world. We have to open up our doors. And so I had figured myself that, you know, a lot of things had opened up. And I think, you know, a little side quest in the area had kind of given us bits here or there. But to really hear about, like, them changing these policies, because even back in the Dravanian hinterlands, as far as we knew, right, you anybody could come and study. But there were still areas of study or specialties that only, like, Charlie and um, citizens could achieve um, within the universities and statuses that only Charlian citizens were granted within the university, at least from previous lore and how it was established. So mm-hmm. it's great to see this and to see them, you know, opening their doors too. Okay, so chat is, thank you so much for your help chat today because we are a little bit off uh, having not actually done this ourselves. Um, but she, uh, Amenalance, ins- insinuates that she's going to get other investors and uh, Rowena's kind of like, uh, what? So she's she's vaguely potentially saying there are other investors who might have insider info. And so Rowena's yeah. like, okay, 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 I'm, I'm here. Someone <laughs> else make money? No yeah. way. I must make money. Yeah. Uh, and then you learn you learn from the first student that comes in uh, that she mm-hmm. wants to learn magic and to learn to heal because she thinks that'll make up for the things that uh, alchemy can't do. So mm. just, just wants to help people. That's real nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to the Arxidora, though. Mm-hmm. Arxidora. Oh, there is one thing from the custom deliveries. Okay. Oh, um, people have. Sorry, this was me actually double checking what I think I know about mm-hmm. how this information was obtained. There's an outfit. Mm-hmm. You all know what I'm talking about? Oh. Uh. Yes. I don't remember what it's called. I don't know if I think it's fine. It's look. It looks kind of alpha noe. We usually try to avoid data mine stuff, but I'm not actually. I think this is just. It's like it's a thing. It's in the game. Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, one of the rewards it looks like is this really cute outfit. So, um, these custom (laughs) delivery agents usually have some kind of special reward in addition to being able to dress them up. Um, like L2 has this adorable little dragon baby mount that I still mm-hmm. need to get, and there are things like that. So if you're looking for additional looks and stuff, check that out because um, it might incentivize you to do it, even if you aren't a big mm-hmm. crap together. Yeah, apparently it is on the Lodestone, so you can find it there. Sweet, sweet. I don't know what it's called, but it's there somewhere. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. I just saw the image of it on the Lodestone, so I don't know. All right, uh, Arxadora. This, these are cute. I didn't expect yeah. these or the way that this, this plot went at all, and it's just adorable. So there's there's a couple of complaints of these these guys in the, with their hippo carts racing up and yeah. down the road and just being a nuisance. And you're like, guys, you got to stop. You can't do this. <laughs> and they're like, but, like, we got to race. It's our lives, man. It's our <laughs> they lives. used to live I... in uh, Vanaspati. They did. They lived yeah. in Vanaspati. And they I... were... Uh, Go ahead. Mis- displaced because of the horrible crap that happened there. The whole forest caught fire. Uh, so yeah, no, you can continue. I just wanted to throw that out there. No, I thought that was really, I found yeah. it really interesting too, because we have the dungeon, Vanashpati, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. um, 
I did not, ha I, like, I hadn't completely put together, other than it looking like it was a religious site, I hadn't totally put together all the context as far as the Avnarian lore and stuff goes around mm -hmm. Vanishpati. And it's apparently now, like, the, um, or was, the major religious site. And some of the quests that, like, lead up to unlocking this as well, if you haven't yeah. done them, kind of talk about this more, that, like, a lot of the older temples that are over in the Shroud of Sangha, like, um, you know, used to be much more active, um, and we can assume probably even painted and stuff, kind of like what we see um, on Vanishpati and in the dungeon. But mm -hmm. that over time, that became the central hub of religious worship and like worship of the Manusha. And so in and of itself, it kind of seems like it is like a big religious site. And while pilgrims and things still go through the shroud, um, the primary like focus of worship I guess, and and or ritual and, and culture there is on Vanashpati, which do you know, Aldino, you know, is it an island in the chain? I think it's connected at least by like Yeah. It's connected somehow. Um I can't remember. I think it is like a peninsula or some like um separate area of the island of Davnair. Mm -hmm. But I can't remember. I'll look that up. Yeah, I'm curious because um as well hippopotami are from there. And there's a fun little note. Sorry, I've been doing a lot of lore research. Uh -huh. But there's a fun little note on this. The minion that drops from the Vanashpati dungeon is a baby hippo. Mm -hmm. And I could yeah. never figure out why it dropped from there. I was <laughs> like, okay, I mean, like, hippos are cute and stuff. But it's actually because they um, are, like, they live there and are native there. And it's believed that they were brought over in, in eras, eons past by Maricidian traders because they are also native mm. to Maricidia. And I didn't know any of this. So, like, there's so much lore, actually, in these tribe quests. Mm -hmm. I was really, I really loved yeah. these. Goldstars is saying, uh, they say it's the northernmost point of the main island. It's fun yeah, it. it's, mm -hmm. it's a very uh, dense jungle area that's at the north. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I love this. I thought this was so, so interesting. Really, like, interesting little tidbits there. Mm-hmm. So, um... You you take these 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 racing brothers racing family down to the gosh is, she's just like a business lady by the port right I I, th I did her quest so long ago I don't oh. remember what she does <laughs> but I think I yeah. think she's just she's just like a, a business shipping provider lady was she a part of Kalzal's consortium um she's in that area. He had that assistant that was a Highlander, I want to say. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, though. Um, but, so yeah. Um, but, yeah. She, she suggests that they use their, their speed nonsense to deliver stuff. Yeah. And uh, they're like, you know what? I don't hate that idea. That's doing what I love and making money. Uh, <laughs> and they, so they do a couple deliveries. They find that it's, it's pretty decent. Um, yeah. And then... The that same woman. What's up? Oh. Go ahead. Uh chat. Chat. I was I was mistaking. I was mistaking. We we're talking about the Arcasodra lady that they take yeah. them to. Uh, mm -hmm. they take them to. Yeah. She's part Con of the Kana, I think is her name. Yeah. She's part of the um quest mm -hmm. chain that leads up about the Auri girl that's scared of Matanga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which you will definitely know. So long ago. I forgot. You'll definitely know if you want to do this because they are required. <laughs> So, like, if you hadn't done it, you have to do those first and then this one, so. The the quest chains that unlock these are pretty mm -hmm. long, to be honest. Yeah. At least four, both of them, I think. But they're both, they're interesting. Yeah, they're good. Uh, so, yes, they, they basically start up a little business. Um, Kankana gives them 
at a very low rate an area where they can set up their business and that's where you go mm-hmm. to do the daily quests uh it it's sort of like the domain enclave and those sort of things where every time you get past a a, a branch of the quest or a, a tier of the quest it blossoms a little bit you get something new mm-hmm. um so your first set of quests is basically just like delivery stuff yeah you're you're running stuff around uh after you get past the first tier they decide that they are DoorDash. <laughs> yep. They are. Yep. They are. Uh, they, they actually seem pretty business minded because they're like, this is going pretty well, but this is How only, can we do it better? Yeah. There's only so much we can do with this and people aren't always going to need deliveries and other people are going to see what we're doing and think, ah, we can do that better. And they'll be able to because mm-hmm. we're, we're small. So they. Yeah walk around and they talk to all the people that they've been doing deliveries to and they're like hey what do you need what can we do that would be a service for you that you don't already have and would be super helpful and niche that we specifically can do and they learned that they should just be doordash yep. they are the hungry hungry hippos that's what's happening i have There's a note a... Oh, uh, that was just yell at koji so koji, koji. i mean like it's just so many hungry, hungry hippos things. There's so There's many. There's a lot of them. <laughs> There's so many. It's not Koji anymore, though. Yeah, it's true. I just blame him. Yes. It will always <laughs> be blamed on Koji no matter what. Yeah. Let's be real. I, um, I think yes. that give credit where credit is due. I can't sure, remember your sure. name. We should new, find out. New lady, but That's good true. job. I love me some hungry, hungry hippos. That was a fun game yes. when I was four. <laughs> General well localization team, thank you yes. for, for making me laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it does make sense like yeah. in the in the rebuilding well there's a lot of different facets of this right oh, kate. But, like kate i think thanks oh, kate. kate okay thanks kate um and but like when you even think about like um you know urban expansion and things like back back when like cart like uh food carts and stuff like that mm-hmm. those kinds of vendors a lot of times even sprang up because they were appealing to like people who were on workforces so like the groups that are at the quarry people who are rebuilding the city um these groups that are working tirelessly like the alchemists who don't have time mm-hmm. to make food and like there are so many injured and so many other things um and then also this little lore thing that they toss in with the idea that it's like so hot and so humid in thavnair that food tends to spoil yeah. very quickly so like mm-hmm. You know, you and need the to monsters. cook fresh. Yeah, the monsters, monsters and monsters go for them. Yeah. Yes. So it's like all of that came together to give in-world lore reasons mm-hmm. as to why there are now Grubhub hippos. And yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. That's I think they also it. say that like carriages and chocobos or whatever would be able to hold more. So they can't yeah. do like freight either. Yeah. So they got to find something else. I, I just liked the, the conceit. Yeah. Yeah. We got to have... Find something that'll work just for us. Yeah. It's funny. It's fun. And can I just say, the mount from this, the little hippo cart. Oh, yes. Is so charming. It's so I love the little thing, the thing, Gulol or whatever that you throw. Gulol, Mm -hmm. which is actually from um, Holy, the celebration um, Mm -hmm. that is in India, uh, which I, again, love that they put that in there. I love that they're still drawing on um, Indian culture and myth and Mm -hmm. tradition for, like, rounding out Thavnair. I think it's so cool. Yes, that was so amazing. I loved mm-hmm. to see that. Um, the animations of the cart are so precious. The little hippo ears and the way its little legs go and the sound <laughs> of the cart. There's something about yeah. it that gives me the good brain serotonin. And I just like <laughs> run around in the cart. I just have so much fun. <laughs> like, I'm just loving it. Um, I also couldn't remember. This, maybe, the, maybe it is. Maybe we have seen it in the city. 
But one of the things that I notice is that when you upgrade it to the first tier, which is all that I've seen mm -hmm. so far, I think all that any of us have seen, um, the little food eatery that they make, there's also some beautiful little food assets in there mm -hmm. and like yeah. food items that are Pretty like cups. Um, Yes, like Indian dishes and things that are inspired. There's non bread. I couldn't remember if we yeah. actually had like visual like platters with like non bread on it before in the game. They're, they might be around. I, I'm yeah, not totally sure. But I really loved that. I thought that was also just visually some like really nice touches for the world. For sure, for sure. Do we have anything to say about these guys? Anything else? I didn't uh, check the, the prizes, but I know we get the hippo cart and the little miniature Arxador guy, which is mm -hmm. very cute. Yep. Seen those. Hey, yeah, I don't know about anything experience. else. Experience. It's quite a bit of experience for You get like for the A quest. level. Yeah. Like A level per completing the quest, yeah. No. It's, it's good. Yes. I mean, it's, oh, maybe maybe once you get over eight. Well, because I'm I'm doing it right now on a job that I think is like eighty two, and it's it's yeah. not a whole level. Oh, are we are we talking about the daily quests or like the quest quests? The daily I'm, quests. Like if I'm you do the three about, daily quests and then. Yeah, it's like maybe it's over half, I would say, because it's like uh, eight hundred thousand at one level, somewhere in between, okay. you know. Okay. So that's not quite. But with that and hunts, you probably could get there every day. That and, and yeah. main scenario, definitely. Main scenario and these every day, you're probably going to level, certainly. Yeah, I think that must be, like, because each time that I've done them, but I've also, mm -hmm. like, you know, I've done roulettes either before or after, but, like, yeah. I have been consistently cracking the next level with each of these. Like, yeah. it's such a good leveling tool. Definitely do it. <laughs> definitely yeah. do it if you're trying to level any classes, um, because, yeah, it's a huge help. Mm-hmm. Um, they added some more furniture. It's a nice, yep. nice, nice couple of things. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the like rounded top windows that they had that were like broken glass. They're very pretty, and the mm. light that comes through them is beautiful. But they're broken, so they added a version that's not broken. Ah, okay. Yes, they did change the light. It's more yellow and less blue now, which made me a little sad. But also, not broken <laughs> windows, so that's cool. There's like yeah. a neat little crystal dangly thing. There's a pillar that looks like a tree trunk. So if you're building forests in your house, you can build trees very easily now. Uh, mm -hmm. There's some roasted fish. There's like a cool outdoor platter pla platform thing. Sorry, where you mm -hmm. jump on logs to get to the top. Uh, it yeah. gives me very like Mulan. Let's get down to business feeling. I I really for some reason thought you were gonna say Ranma, but that's just me. Oh yeah, no, that works too. Well, it's like uh, the if jumping it was puzzle. all poles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's the jumping puzzle thing that we have for Moonfire, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's all, it's yeah, it's drawn from all of those too, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they added they added little figures for each of the three sisters from mm -hmm. uh Maga sisters. sisters, yeah. Yeah. And a new chair, which is cool. There's a couple of other things, but I don't yeah. recall what they are. <laughs> uh, they added some more triple triad cards. They added some new orchestral roles, including the one yep. you get for finishing um, uh, the Omega, Omega story, right? which is yeah. like uh, flow mm. together, I think. Yep. You're going to want that one if you want <laughs> yes. to cry. Yes, get it. It's just they, that uh, and close in the distance. Those are your only two. Just put them on yep. loop on your orchestrion and just yep. cry. Just have some tears. They did a little bit of PvP changes. They actually nerfed Ninja and Black Mage. Yeah. Yeah. The black mage nerf didn't do anything. But really? It's fine. No, really? Not really? Oh not really. my gosh. I mean, they wow, had a really. few changes. Well, because we know yeah. that black mage was um obviously kind of I think over buffed yeah. recently and Yoshida-san has talked a bit about it as yep. well. 
Um, so these were supposed to be the changes that would bring it back in line, but we've seen it be incredibly prevalent and incredibly powerful as a result. Even in things like the Wolves League that we've been doing with um, mm. high-end PvP, you know, competition yeah. that I've been shoutcasting, it was it's been banned from <laughs> yeah. from the competition, yeah. um, or at it least did, it was the week funny. that the first changes went yeah. through. Yeah, it's, from what I have seen and, and heard out there, it the change is good. It does reduce it a bit. But it's still super strong, right? Like, if you know what you're doing, because the changes were Paradox no longer has charges, so you can only do that once instead of a couple of times if you charge it up, which is cool. That gives you less burst. Okay. Um, Half asleep no longer reduces your movement speed. Okay. But you're still going to fall asleep, right? <laughs> like, okay. You can get and away from your friends faster. <laughs> Yeah, that's about that, and that's good. Like you could line of sight, you could do some stuff, even though super flare. I don't believe you can line of sight it, but anyway. Uh, and then damage reduction has been reduced, but only, and that's when you use your limit break. So like they didn't change the the burst um, shield; they changed the shield that you just get. Well, it's not even a shield; it's damage reduction that you get when you limit break, so that you don't just immediately freaking die. Um, so it changes, but. I don't know what it's going to take, and then you don't want them to go too far down. Yeah. I think it's just going to be a 6.2 thing, honestly. They're not going to really get it dialed in. But it's fine. It's the first season, you know. Little it did is. they know when they made yeah. this new PvP and we all loved it, they would be constantly yeah. balancing a different set of job abilities. Uh, oh, it does yeah. remind me. <laughs> I didn't mention it during news because it, it was kind of... Was it from a Final Fantasy 16 interview? I even remember it may have uh, sprung off of that, but I think I know what so, yeah, it, it's it's the blue mage battle royale idea that Yoshi P had. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? Yep. Yeah. Yes, but they were talking about like mm -hmm. as they were planning for anybody who doesn't know, yeah. as they were planning for the PvP reworks, and this is something that they had. You know, they had been brainstorming. I think you said for about the past year, yeah, like year. prior to the release. Um, that they had tossed around a bunch of different ideas for PvP, and one of them was this, which I think is actually so cool. So go, oh man, go I would ahead. love it. Uh, so it's basically battle royale. Think any of those battle royale games? There's one that I'm not gonna say right now, um, <laughs> but yeah, battle royale games. You know the like. Uh, but take blue mages, and instead of getting weapons, you get abilities. Like so, that's you're running around. You have a few abilities. You gather abilities as your weapons, and you fight. And I would guess it would still have the same constriction of play area, mm -hmm. you know, a storm or whatever. That would be so cool. Very oh my goodness. Well, especially because you can't play Blue Mage in any of the other PvP. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, it, that would give it something unique to do. Yeah. And I could see people really enjoy that with, you know, figuring out what do I get? How do I prioritize? What abilities? Mm -hmm. I think it would be brilliant. And I'm hoping that because of the public response from people talking it up, that they consider really implementing it at some point in the future. That'd yeah. That would be cool. It, it, it would give us just a little bit more content for Blue Mage to do. And it wouldn't matter what level you are, so you could keep them levels behind. It doesn't even matter. It, it could be really cool. You could do different arenas if you wanted to. You don't even have to, but you could. You know, it's 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 a really interesting idea that I'm not surprised that they thought about it. But I don't I don't know that I ever put it together that it would be such a great idea. Like that's just <laughs> such a good idea. It is so 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 good. I yeah. mean. We're coming up here on, I mean, I think we're in the last part of this competitive season. Mm -hmm. I don't know, do you remember the exact, is there an exact date when 
I this thought it was just going to be 6.2. That's my thought too. Like around there that we will Mm -hmm. um, have this particular competitive season end for Crystalline Conflict. So if you still haven't made it to where you want to be, like definitely start working now to try and get what you want or any rewards Mm -hmm. or things like that or that PvP track. I need to get back into it because I was doing all story stuff this week, but I want to like get back in there. Um, But yeah, I think that this first season will be a huge sort of feedback thing for them Mm -hmm. right when it comes to balancing like you were talking about zen and them really trying to figure out just how much or how little they're going to need to do with these new modes and these new reworks with the potential even for future modes that we get announced i think that if we can keep this traction we're going to have the rival wings rework coming out but it's one of those things where like i think we really have this first shot in a long time to revitalize pvp and really have it be a big actively supported actively developed sort of facet of this game because there's so much more room to kind of jump off of from here and i love that they are taking so many creative ideas to implement into it all right anything else you guys want to add stuff that you really liked or made impression that we haven't already talked about no all right i just like the side quests yeah Yeah. i I mean that's the main thing i like the additional story like we were saying earlier and i'm really glad that we got it because it helped uh, flush things out Mm -hmm. all right then you know what it's time for you can find just me but why would you want just me when you can have all of us anyway you can find just me on twitter at zanidra underscore a uh on twitch at strawberry bop and also at plus the word when the number shout the word which is a dnd podcast that i do uh at random days no on fridays saturdays and sundays on like back and forth every other week schedules with Charles mm-hmm. and a couple of our other friends. Uh, we have three games going and we need to stop because that's too many. Um, yeah. <laughs> but all of those that go up on uh, YouTube afterward as well. Charles, where can they find you? Here and only this. here. Uh, what? What am I? No, you're good. Okay. I'm like, does it have my OnlyFans? It's not ready yet. Don't, no. don't share it yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here and only here. And of course... Plus one shot as well. I'm in a few of those games, not all three, because I'm not crazy. However, Zen, aren't you in all three? Yes. Uh huh. You calling me out? I'm not, I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying you like D and D a lot, which is good, which is great. It's it's. Wow. When did you start playing D and D? I wonder. Oh, it was um, many 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 years ago, and I didn't like it, so I didn't play it yeah. again. But then. All of my lovely friends here on Eighth Right Radio were like, "We should do a Final Fantasy XIV D and D game," and I was like, "Well, I can't say no, so I guess I'm playing D and D again." And then and I that... actually had a lot of fun. This is this is the the like Good, biggest yeah. present. This is the biggest present that Charles has ever given to my husband because my husband yep. loves D and D, and. I was for years and years saying, no, I don't want to play. No, I don't want to play. And now yeah. I'm basically making games for him to play in. <laughs> and this is probably the but happiest he's ever been. The <laughs> only reason I said that is to say that stay tuned. First edition will return. I feel like the end of a Marvel movie uh, here at some <laughs> point. <Yes. laughs> but yeah, you can see me here in plus one shot. Rook? 
Yes, you can find me everywhere at Rookery, so R-O-O-K-U-R-I, um, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Twitter primarily. I technically have an Instagram, but, you know. Um, and on Twitter, it is Rookery underscore until I can get just plain Rookery from Twitter. Uh, but uh, wherever I am, I'm usually playing either Final Fantasy XIV or Guild Wars 2. The finale portions, the end of Elpis leading into the end of Endwalker is finally, finally going up on my YouTube. Um, we have been, like, releasing, you know, episodes once a week and we had some issues with the footage and it is all coming out and it's been so much fun to see everybody's thoughts to my completely ridiculous reactions that happened <laughs> and all the nonsense and tears and everything mm -hmm. that occurred so um if you haven't seen that or any of their content up there uh be sure to check it out all right and you can contact the show via email at aetherite radio at gamerscape.com or on twitter at aetherite radio and you can contact the lovely website that we work for Slash just us again on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook at Gamerscape and on Discord at discord.gg slash Gamerscape. And we have a bunch of channels in there about 14 and the lore 14 and all this podcast and also just games in general because if you didn't know, Gamerscape is about all the games, not just 14. <laughs> and Rook, don't you have something that you're doing today? Oh yeah! So here in a couple of hours, I'm going to be shoutcasting the last, the final, the finale of the Wolves League tournament that's been hosted mm -hmm. by Plus One. This is high-end PvP, Crystalline Conflict, in case anybody is, is curious about that, wants to see some of it, wants to get it on the hype. Um, and yes, there's going to be a bunch of wonderful people shoutcasting alongside me, um, including Plus, uh, Mr. Happy, uh, and Desiro. So it's going to be a really great time, and I'll be casting in the first half of it, 6 p.m. CT over on Twitch.tv Plus One. And we usually do giveaways and stuff like that during it, so hope to see you there. Sounds like a good time. Mm -hmm. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, we will see you, I think, next week. Pretty sure next week. Yeah, totally. Next week. We'll say next week. Oh, do we know what we're doing? Something 14 related. Yep. yep. <laughs> we'll see you guys then. We're thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. It's always a fun time. See you later. Bye.